Welcome to Reading for Attention, the weekly podcast where me, Paul, and me bezzy mate Sarah chat about a recent book whilst drinking a carefully selected beverage. Now, why have we committed to reading a book every single week and talking about it in a public forum? Well, the same reason me and Sarah do anything in life, for attention. Oh, you have a big yawn. Absolutely shattered. And you've got to play Nettie. I know, at quarter past nine, can you believe it? What's that about? Um, It's different times each week. It's just because there's like a rotation of teams. So like last week I played at seven. And then right. just the final slot is quarter past nine. And it's hell on earth. It's particularly bad in winter because it's pitch black. <gasps> freezing cold and there's just nothing you want to do less but luckily it's not winter have you met any great great friends from netty no no they're all really nice gals um weirdly discovered that one of them knows my brother from his career Ooh. and we only discovered that last week or the week before the week before last and we've been playing together for Two years now. Apples. That's my WhatsApp. Um, yeah. So, oh, de- oh no! Now we've just had somebody. I've started feeling increasingly grim today. I think I've picked up the dreaded cold that's been doing the rounds. Isn't there a cold always doing the rounds? Since we are a player up, I hope it's okay if I sit out tonight. No, and see, this is the issue with nine o'clock games: is that everyone people are liars. Mm, everyone likes to pull out because they just think CBFA. Have we talked about your brother being a famous sailor? (laughs) No, we have not. I don't like it that he's the prodigy. Right. What is sailing? Well, Paul, you're asking the wrong person. You go, I was going to say in the sea, but sometimes it's not always in the sea. (laughs) Uh, You sit in a little boat and you pull on some ropes. And you manoeuvre a stick and you go from and you race. Yeah, exactly. I don't uh, get it. No, me either. That's why I don't do it. <laughs> um, so what, You know why we're, we're stuttering at the beginning of this conversation? Because we hadn't spoken in a while. So I rang Sarah and we spoke for like two and a half hours the other night. So I've got <laughs> fuck all to say to you. <laughs> Um, yeah, literally, I'm, there's just nothing. It's just a blank canvas here. Guess how far I walked accidentally when I was on the phone to you? <laughs> um, 10 kilometres. 6.2 miles. So, yeah, probably about 10 kilometres. <gasps> Whoa. I was like, God, my legs are tired. And all <laughs> I've done is that? been on the phone. <laughs> I was just I walking around the neighbourhood. Did you? Well, yeah. Well, I was lying in bed and then I went, what was I doing that day? I went to go and watch the rugby. Rugby World Cup, that's happening. Oh. Yeah, lots of fit men rubbing up and down each other. <laughs> Rugabuggers. Exactly more. Um, what, what else? What else is going on that we've not necessarily discussed? It's September. Uh, it is and it's fucking hot. Yeah, I was going to say summer's over, but it's not. Well, it's it's not hot, obviously, in Scotland. It was hot for like two days. Um, had a thousand barbecues to make up for mm. it. Lovely. I do too. Did you not have one at yours? Oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> yum, but yum. We were, we were, you were pissed when you arrived. That is true. Um, <clears throat> I had yesterday off. Did you? Why? Because I get every other Friday off to write, but what? Oh my God, right? Ask me, I didn't tell you about. On Friday, it was our Mm. summer celebration day, and we went to this Greek restaurant because one of my colleagues is Greek and she's been talking about it for years. She used to be my manager. We went, right? And she said, I brought out hummus and dips and things and a bit of olives and whatnot. Bit of uh, taramasalata, you know? What is that not what it's called? So it was tramsalata. Tramsalata. 
travels a lot. And um, she was like, pace yourself. I'm like, okay, then no problem. Because we'd ordered the meat. You could order meat, fish or veg, right? We ordered meat. Mm -hmm. Expecting it to be a couple of dippies and then the meat, right? We had... How many dead animals? Well, it wasn't even necessarily the dead animals. We had eight courses. (laughs) (laughs) After course three, we were like, fuck, I can't go on. (laughs) Honestly, and three of the courses were fish and we ordered meat. I mean, it was utterly delicious, right? But by the eighth course, (laughs) it was boiling hot in this restaurant you had this fan. <laughs> you had this fan because it was more like she knows what she's talking about so you went in and it was this unassuming takeaway sort of situation uh-huh. you go through the back and it was this gorgeous greek restaurant she knew the owner oh helen knows the owner and um <laughs> you just kept serving with food and food and food and food and it was amazing but by the meat course i was fuming because it was just the most food. And you know, when people say things like it's the most food they've ever had, I'm, I'm going to appreciate it when people say it now, because this was the most food I've ever seen or eaten <laughs> in my life. I didn't eat for 24 hours after it. <laughs> I swear to God. And even when I ate the next day at lunchtime, I wasn't that hungry, but I thought I'm probably going to die if I don't eat. It was absurd how much food they gave were yeah but I I mean a fifth of it and I would have been full yeah did you just keep going what was the impetus to keep going what do you mean like surely at course three you could have been like listen I'm gonna tap out of the next five courses well I kind of did but we're sitting in four like they were serving us per four the right. sixth course was a full sea bass between four. <laughs> that was course number six. We had yeah, calamari. Oh, I'll try mm. and remember. All of these dips, right? At one point, you brought some halloumi with ham on the bottom of it. Then you oh, brought um, a fish course that had like all this delicious pickled fishy things like cockles and mussels, live, live, oh. <laughs> but it actually was a little baby squid <laughs> and then it was <laughs> I knew what was coming but it still it absolutely floored me <laughs> oh, God. and then what else is it? A salad course. That was course number seven. Course right. number eight was a fucking enormous platter of cow and pig <laughs> and meat but and chicken between four. Jesus and they brought Christ. I think they brought eight of them out. Um and all I could have was a little sausage. I was devastated. <laughs> I didn't even eat the chicken oh, or nothing. No. I was fuming. And then when you're that full, you just can't think about taking any home, can you? You just like, get this this away from me. Well, some people did, but they were all like, because it was my friend's 30th after from work. So a lot of us were going to that and we're like, oh, I think I'll take some of it. And I was like, "Mm, but you're going to someone's 30th. Like, how's that going to work? And then people just had like a bag of fucking meat, (laughs) meat meat and fish paste. And then on the train we're like oh this hasn't kept very well I'm like well no fuck no no fuck (laughs) (laughs) and it just had it just had oil and fat like dripping at the bottom of the bag oh "Oh, what did you expect that you were gonna go to Twickenham have a night out go back on the train (laughs) and then like have it when you got home or it's just silly yeah well it was my oh go on I was just gonna say I'm I'm not into the Greeks at the minute Fair enough. Yeah. It was my work's due on Thursday. Did I tell you about this in our catch up? Oh. Our catch up. It's like we're managers. Um, <laughs> oh I'm my God. When <laughs> <laughs> you pinged me a WhatsApp. <laughs> I, I, so it was our 25th anniversary and it was our summer staff celebration. 
Mm. And at 3 p.m., my manager slammed a laptop closed and was like, get get downstairs now. So I was like, excellent. You dash downstairs. And we'd had like an all staff event a couple of weeks before that. And they'd herded us out at 6 p.m. And it started at 4. So we really hadn't been able to optimize on the free drink. So mm. she was like, we, need to, we don't know what's going to happen today. We need to really go to town. She was drunk after one glass of Prosecco. I think the excitement had got to her. Um, And there was one moment, Paul, when I was, this is a flashback. We were standing in our garden. We have this beautiful little secret garden. I'm standing in our garden and I remember a whole circle of people, people I've not met before, uh, some senior senior members of staff. Like, well, there are four SMTs um, and I think two out of four of them were in this circle. What was going on? Well, I was just regaling them with hilarious tales of my life. Could have been a 20-strong group. And the next day I woke up, there were pictures of people on my phone. People that I don't know. don't remember getting home. That I could have done with lining my stomach with eight courses of meat. Um, and then I got yeah. home at half nine. Uh, apparently, I don't remember this. The next day I woke up and saw my flatmate just before he left. He's just got in, actually. Anyway, and I was, and he said... He like could hear the living room light turn on. He was like, Sarah back. Came into the living room. Apparently I was just sitting on the like sofa with my feet on the ground, but sitting upright asleep. And then he went, Do you really want to do you really want to sleep there? And apparently I just went, didn't really open my eyes, gave him a smile, nod. Hey Jackie. Yo. Just regaling me getting in on Thursday night. Wow. And sitting here. Well, no, you say so, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then on Friday, I was meant to be working from home, but just couldn't stop throwing up all day. It was, oh, really, no. it was like a, it was like a 2018 kind of hangover. Yeah, um, it was really bad. And luckily, I mean, I had a couple of deadlines, but luckily, no other members of staff were working, so I got away with lying in my bed throwing up all day. Oh, nightmarish but then today was my first day back in the office post event and I just couldn't look people in the eye because I, I don't know who I've like made friends with now I still don't know anyone's names I have been at this organization for almost two years still don't know anyone outside of my team but according to the photographs on my phone we're quite close quite quite close friends <laughs> uh, so, I miss that we're not allowed to drink on our socials for inclusivity yeah i mean obviously after 5 p.m if we went together and stuff we could but we can't like make the social about going to the pub or drinking and it means that i haven't embarrassed myself that much in a while you lucky sob i know but it's good fun to do that isn't it Mm. um well actually today i had a catch-up with my immediate team and after we'd done, like, we'd talked business, eventually we were like, so what happened on Thursday? And all four of us, oh, thank God, don't remember anything. And they were like, all I remember is that, like, we definitely weren't the worst there. Oh. So, yeah. Which is great news because maybe they were just saying it to make me feel better. Well, it doesn't matter if they were. Yeah, I believe them. I was searching my phone yesterday to try and show someone that picture of you after the oh, Christmas night yeah. out, but I couldn't find it. Thank God. So it's... if you would send that over again. Mm, I'll think about it. Sorry, I just can't quite get over my countenance. I feel like I look like I've been on steroids. <laughs> I think you look great. Thanks, babe. Do you think you'll ever get filler? Uh, no, not filler. Just I just want tons of Botox. If you could have one surge, cosmetic surgical procedure, what would it be? <sighs> it would be to make my penis smaller. Yeah, no, that. But it's not really cosmetic, is it? Well, that's a functional. Tell that to Michael. <laughs> um, what would it be really? Oh, it's really embarrassing if I don't say anything because then it's like, I know I'm perfect. You're perfect. Well, I'm just. I don't. I think all of my features suit me. It's a very diplomatic way of saying, I am the I'm archetypal fit. man. <laughs> well no I mean there's things that you could change like look at my nostrils yeah but yeah they're not like offensive. how triangle they are I've told, I've told you this on the podcast that someone used to call me shapey shapey <laughs> it procedure. didn't last very long because of my triangle <laughs> eyebrows as well <laughs> that is such a shit nickname 
turn off. We were in primary school. Okay. Ooh, fair enough. It's quite inventive. She also used yeah. to call me Advan, and she said that she was my mother. And was I a conquer? It was odd. That is quite odd. How she Advan. doing now? What she's does still Advan fucking mean? hilarious. I don't know. I think she's made up the name Advan. <laughs> She was like, come on, Advan. <laughs> you were like, okay. Yeah, I loved it. We also used to eat daisies together. Um, Quickly, don't know mm. why. Advan. Oh, it's because he escaped on a van. What do we think of the escaped person? <laughs> um, well, He's have been you been... Oh, he has. Have you been watching... Um, Did you watch that new Middle-Aged Love Island last night? No. <gasps> Is that out? Yeah, I mean, no. it's hard. It's it's not the same vibe as Love Island in that it's in the UK and it's all very nicey-nicey so far. But the kids uh, are watching and they don't know. Kind of like Sun's seeing suspicious parents vibes. Oh. Um, and one of the children looks like that SKP. Maybe that's what he's doing. I know. Well, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> that would be Maybe the they've got ultimate a decoy. Yeah, mm. hide in plain sight. Yeah, I mean... Very odd situation, wasn't it? How did they know that he was in Chiswick? My friend at work said mm. that she, uh, they were, she was walking from Blackfriars and they were stopping every single car on the bridge to ask if he was in there. You imagine if that was your technique? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that yeah. And then they were like, oh, but he's actually, I think, what, where should we look now? Hmm, just off the top of my head, Chiswick. Oh, he's there. Yeah. How did they know? Well, figure these things out, don't they? Yeah, but I did have, I have to say, I think it was pretty James Bond of him to hang on the bottom of a truck. I do. I've got, I've, my opinion is if you escape prison, then you sentence is null and void. Yeah, totally. Stay out. Yeah, you've done it. Like, you, you, like they tried to put you in prison and you said no. And you proved, you proved yourself right. Like, I just think it's, I think it's wrong that you have to go back. I do. Do you, do you think you would try and escape? prison mm-hmm. no too i wouldn't oh, yeah i couldn't be bothered me i could I not would, be bothered yeah i would uh do loads of degrees and get bullied i would just work my way to the top of the food chain i would run that prison by the end oh, of my sentence i like to think that i could but it just wouldn't work would it for me Nah, i think it i don't think it would but i think it could work for me yeah totally yeah. This is our ongoing who would win Big Brother debate, isn't it? Which is starting again soon. Fucking hell, uh, saw the advert last night. Who's hosting it? AJ Dudu. Right. And someone who I didn't recognise. Okay. I'm excited Those for good it. shit is starting again. That's the only good thing about autumn, isn't it? TV gets class. And my birthday. Um, oh, yeah. Right. Right, let's move on to the book and drink. Okay. So the book today, Sarah, is Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. And the drink today is a vodka soda because, what was my reason? Because I said, tomorrow I'll drink a vodka and soda and because it's good for you. And then every time I just drink wine. Um, Oh, I thought it was because if you drink in two days in a row, You'll make the first day of vodka lemon soda so that you're fresh for the second day. Oh, my God. That's a much better reason. Maybe that's just what I intuited from you. Yeah. No, I think it's like because I do have this conversation with myself when I'm going out for a drink the next night. I'm like, Paul, if you just start drinking vodka and sodas, your life, I think, will be better. Um, And then I just drink wine. And I do like a vodka soda, um, but I didn't have any lemon. So I put some squash in it. So now it just looks like a squash. Oh, lovely. Yeah, it's quite delicious. I'm guessing you're not drinking. I'm not, no. Did I tell you that I played a netball game half cut a few weeks ago? Ooh, what happened? I just had incredible heartburn and I was quite vocal. <laughs> Normally, I'm quite a silent, like, you know, you get the odd player that's like, come on, girls! Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Lovely. Let's slow it down! Kind of thing. Right. Oh my God, I forget that people in your life are all Scottish. No, use it! let's use this girls it's like, well i was planning on wasting it um <laughs> <laughs> and then for like so it was during the fringe and my colleagues had gone out after work before netball and i was like i just can't bear missing out so i went and then 
said, I'm not going to drink, and then drank a bottle of wine and then went to netball. And yeah, can't remember, but it was probably the best athletic performance I've ever put in. The heartburn, though, was, yeah, it was incredible. You could and exchange. Go on. I was going, nice shot and stuff like that. All of the things that you've just described in that netball, you could exchange for drunk sex. Yeah, that's true. More vocal. really vocal. I was really put in the performance of a lifetime. Performance. Nice shot. <laughs> Let's slow it down. So the moral and then of the incredible story is, heartburn. Exactly. Just do everything mortal. Then the regret yeah. in the morning, you know. Exactly. Um. So tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow is a huge, big, fucking, huge, massive, big, fucking walks of a backseller. <laughs> uh, bestseller. Yes. Which I thought was a read that I discovered on my own. Um, yeah, I guess it's just been released on paper paperback. Yeah, it has. and it is about the video game industry in one way or another. Uh, the Sam and the Sadie, and they meet at the beginning of the book. They come across each other in a train station and um, reignite a friendship. And they'd met in hospital when Sadie's sister was dying of cancer and Sam had been in a car crash and had fucking crushed his entire foot and his mama died and they bonded over video games and it was the first time he'd spoken since the car crash and blah 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 then they drift apart meet again and then they become um game designers together so she's at Harvard he's self-taught in the video game industry and she's at at MIT and he's at Harvard MIT oh but he's not studying video games is he he studies maths studies maths so he teaches himself how to do video games and she learns how to do video games and in the early 20s they create uh, a very successful video game and then the story is kind of punctuated through their creation of video games so every few years one will be released to greater or lesser success they start a company they move to California so that's the backdrop to the story but essentially it's about their relationship there's a, a character called Marx who sort of does the business side of their business um and the three of them are a bit of a threesome situation and um it, it carries on until the late 30s is it mm-hmm. um, even the early 40s I think yeah so it's very much the backdrop of the 90s so when which I think I mean, I'll ask you what you think in a second, but can you imagine if the vid- the video games that we're making were now? Like, because obviously they take literally 10, what, Grand Theft Auto is on 10 years or something and they still uh-huh. haven't made it. So just the thought of two, you know, young whippersnappers going and creating these games, just it just, just wouldn't happen anymore. So I like that it was uh, started in the 90s because technology just wasn't as advanced as it is now. Mm-hmm. Anyway... What did you think? Um, I thought it was the best book I've read this year. I'm trying to think if I've read any better last year. It, I've absolutely loved it. I just thought it was bloody fantastic. I thought um, Sam and Sadie were both lovable um, and flawed in their own ways and like it and their relationship goes through so many different phases and stages and one of them will be and and it's not a, it's not a romance it's specific like well not between those two anyway but at certain parts one of them will be in love with the other and then it's just a mm-hmm. long time for the other one and whatever and it goes back and forth like that and it's um and I, I always felt like I was on the right side of that like one would be pissed off with the other one and I'd always be on the right side I'd be like yeah they're doing something stupid and swap um and I think what I enjoyed the most about it was that even though huge life events occur for Sam and Sadie and they go from being well Sam especially because he grows up in um like K-Town in LA is that right oh he starts in New York so Sam is she's from LA he's from New York right yeah yeah but it's so he's he's half Korean, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, half Korean, and then he moves when he's younger to LA, 
with his mum to be back with his grandparents. Who yeah, live in that's it. And that's yeah. And um, she and his mum is trying to be an actor, but is very much typecast and fetishized yeah. and stereotyped as a Korean woman. Yeah, and um, they it's not like they don't live in poverty. His grandparents own a um a pizza restaurant in K Town in LA, and like they're not broke by sort of the usual means in like their community in the 90s but comparatively um to like to Sadie Sam is pretty broke and so they go from being these especially him goes from being this young broke disabled boy who loses his mum when he's really young um to this like internationally famous game developer who's minted um and and there are other things that happen that I don't want to spoil but there are huge life events for these characters it's not like the normal trajectory of a life even though it seems very like realistic um but what doesn't seem to happen is any sort of character growth not not character growth but as in like personal growth neither of them can really see the wood for the trees especially when it comes to each other like they scrap until the bitter end and mm-hmm. like uh, the things that happen that you think would make you more um like forgiving and more willing to like seek a peaceful life that, that like events like that occur to these people but they're just intended like they're um they don't grow and i really especially sadie i think sadie has very little character uh, like personal growth yeah and I really I enjoyed that because I'm I'm kind of off the opinion, as controversial as it may be, that people don't really fucking change. Like regardless of what you go through, what happens to you. Yeah. You don't, I, I really don't think that people change very much. I think you are who you are from day one, really. Um, mm-hmm. It's nuanced and, changes that happen. Yeah. Yeah, really nuanced, and and nothing like intrinsic it's not like it's it's yeah nuance it's stuff that happens sort of externally and therefore becomes a part of them in that way but it certainly doesn't change who they like it doesn't change that the fact that sadie is occasionally really rationally angry and yeah does does really damaging things grudge holder she's a grudge holder and like yeah some of the shit that she goes through you think surely you'd be like fucking hell mm-hmm. i need to appreciate life for what it's worth no and it's because of that i think that was the main for me the main um like its biggest quality because of that it obviously felt very realistic and you know how much i love authentic yeah and i can back you up on that uh people never changing thing because as you probably know, listeners, I've been watching Vanderpump Rules and I've caned 10 seasons in, I'd say, two and a half months. So it's not too nice. bad. Um, and at the beginning, so 10 years ago, longer because of COVID, probably 11, 12 years ago, they started and they were all fucking nightmares. They were so immature, so self-involved and mean and judgmental and it was fabulous and I thought oh god I'm so intrigued because I'd seen pictures of them now I know that they'd come up in the world that all got rich that all done I was like I'm quite intrigued to see what what how different they're gonna be um Mm -hmm. when they're in their late 30s this is and they are all exactly the fucking same that all all of their terrible qualities are still very very much there might have matured in one way or another maybe they don't I was gonna say maybe they don't go out as much anymore but they do and I was like a little bit disappointed but then I was like actually this is kind of comforting (laughs) to know yeah you are who you are and just gotta fucking deal with it and also on your point about them scrapping till the bitter end there is something about you have to be close enough with someone to have a disagreement and I think Mm -hmm. or a fight or whatever I guess it's it's a bit siblingy their relationship um but I appreciated that as well and then Marx is kind of the voice of reason but yeah I mean video games are so important to this story and and it's Mm -hmm. about distinguishing between video games and real life and um there's even 
a couple of chapters towards the end of the book that are told through the lens of a game. So you're in the game. Um, and Marx is the voice of reason, but Marx is the one who can't make video games. So I think yeah. regardless of how rational he is and how kind he is and all the rest of it, I think both of those characters know that he's not the genius until mm-hmm. maybe they find out that perhaps he his contributions are more important than they imagined. But um, th- they are the two suffering creatives. Yeah. Um, but I agree. I'd, I'd, I like them at different parts. I got annoyed by them at different parts. Um, I was getting slight hints of uh, a little life. A little life, yeah. <laughs> Just oh, well, with... 100% the disability the... and the... And the shocking life events. Um, but yeah. a short, much shorter, probably half the length of a little life and more buoyant or something. Like it, it was less catastrophically depressing. Yeah. I think I felt I related to these characters a little bit more than I did to any of them in a little life. Um, yeah. But the incredible character development, I agree, not necessarily personal growth, but just such real characters and mm-hmm. th- it's very rare that I because people say oh I love to get lost in a book I'm like what do you mean but there were times when I was on the tube and I would miss like t- six stops and be like yeah. whoa I'm here and it was really weird because I was just so invested in this this story of and it's people it's especially strange because it is like video game centric that's the that's mm. the I mean, obviously, the relationship is the driving force of the book, but the it's like you said, punctuated by the video games. And I don't know if, like, I have a very, very rudimentary understanding of, especially computer games specifically, not like video games that you play on um, consoles, but on computers. So that helped me a little bit. But then, for the most part, I was just like, that not wasn't lost on me, but. That yeah. didn't that didn't hold any sort of um, bearing over whether or not I was going to enjoy it, and I was the exact same. But in two train journeys, I read it. To be fair, there were a train to London five hours and a train back five hours, but I was completely for the first time in I can't remember how long, completely absorbed by it. There was something which is actually maybe a little bit meta. Something about her building a world with this book and the the games being. And I know that's what every author tries to do, really. Um, Fiction author, anyway. Like, you want to be able to step into a place. But it was uh, the characters and their lives were so rich. And, like, I don't know. There was also something about the way that she presented their successes because the first video game goes mm-hmm. like it it's it's an instant success and the, and that's what sort of catapults them into um like well i guess fame within within that circle certainly anyway. within the the world of video yeah. games and just the sort of like nonchalant way that that is um mentioned in the book like Ishigo is the first game just the way that they're like oh yeah Ishigo was um an instant success and it meant that they were able to buy offices in this place and they were able to hire staff and they began to live this pretty luxurious life and then it's like well I want to know more about that but it just that wasn't I I guess I just wanted to um, luxuriate in their yeah. wealth with them but like that wasn't the fucking point of the story and I don't know there was something about that that was really really enjoyable mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if I was yeah. that point well then like, the second video game spo- spoiler alert but not not a huge spoiler isn't very as well received and you mm. see all of the reviews and you think oh god I'm hurting for you and, and Sam and Sadie are in a particular point in their relationship and they have particular roles within that game and yeah. and one of them takes it much harder than the other mm-hmm. and there's kind of questions about sexism in the video game industry and Sam being the face of the company which is called what? Unfair Games. Unfair Games uh, and 
so that that's another side of the the narrative is where where Sadie sits in it but then Sadie's the rich one and Sam's the poor one and he's disabled and she's you know not able-bodied and all of these things play into the way that the world sees them mm-hmm. um oh it's bloody marvelous it is a really marvelous book something else there because it does um i think one of the strengths but also one of the weaknesses of a little life and this is a sort of similar territory that this strays into is this trying to like but it it they foreground the importance of platonic relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, like on the back, it says it's not about romance, but it is about love. And it is, and it's the, and the little life is the same. It's trying to um, give you all of these new uh, iterations of how platonic love can save you kind of thing. Um, and occasionally, because they're desperately trying to stay so hard from cliche away from cliche um occasionally it strays into cliche like and i don't know whether that's maybe that's only happened after the fact maybe like a little life has become so totemic of that kind of celebrating platonic relationships but um i really really loved how at some points this book leans into that and it's purely because of the character of Marks. he's the only one that is ever allowed to voice how much he loves his friends and how much he loves them as a, tr- a trio and he's just Marx is just filled with love despite these two being quite um well especially Sadie Aggie most of the time but <laughs> um this like I loved how tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow the title of it comes from Macbeth mm-hmm. and it's always like about the futility of life. Like that speech is about how, you know, we enact the same things day after day um, for what we're just charging towards our death. And then in this, it's an, it's not about that. It's about all of the chances that you get at like, like, like a video game allows. It's all of the chances that you get at, is it going to close? It is. Yeah. Great. Um, <laughs> hold that thought <laughs> i can't you know that is quite impressive actually that in all of the years we've been doing this i don't think we've ever forgotten to hit record have we i know there was one time that something went wrong with the microphone yeah that was bad <laughs> just that one was... of them wasn't turned on bad. Uh, anyway <laughs> you were saying yes go on what was i saying because i don't i can't remember <laughs> you were saying that tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow the video game gives you a chance, chance after chance after chance. Yeah, and it gives you another tomorrow, another tomorrow, another tomorrow. And um, I suppose that it's set against the the main, I guess, narrative of the book, which is the this friendship given, well, these two people giving each other another chance at friendship over and over and over again. Oh, I don't know what I'm trying to say anymore. But I just really, I just really liked it. I really liked how um, it, it maybe could have been a little bit cheesy, but because of Marks, the character who is who is the one that is upset, he wants to call unfair games tomorrow games because he he likes the idea of um, the constant respawning or that vi- that video games allow, and like it's a, a nice take on that. Macbeth speech yeah life not being all futile and like it being worth it if you have these friendships that can respawn in different mm, stages that's of life a better name I, ch- I think tomorrow is a better than unfair yeah but they want it's... they there was that whole section that was about why they ended up calling it unfair and I did I do yeah. like the name unfair games it's much more like a games company mm-hmm. you know what I mean um, why not And I suppose in that same vein of what I've just been talking about is that these two characters are quite like, um, what's the word? We we like quite happy to throw something away. 
like they're quite happy to consistently end their friendship reckless no yeah yeah it is they're like reckless with the, with each opportunity even yeah. though there, there are so many points where it's proved that they can't you can't be that reckless with life if you like mm. it can it's such a fragile thing and but it's because they're so deeply embedded in this game like game multiverse where you do get multiple chances at life and and yeah. and also how it seems like none of especially especially no both of them because something tragic happens to sam in the beginning at the beginning of his life and something tragic happens to sadie sort of in the middle of hers and neither of them can ever really recover from it because their brains are so like gaming wired um and they think that like in a game you, you can replay the same section multiple times and there might be a set amount of opportunities to do it differently but ultimately one of the ways will be the right way and you'll progress to the next stage or something yeah um and i mean you said it in the beginning so it's not a spoiler but sam's mum dies in this car crash that he like his foot gets bust up him and there's this little bit that I highlighted and I thought was really nice. And it just says, where is it? In games, the thing that matters most is the order of things. The game has an algorithm, but the player also must create a play algorithm in order to win. There is an order to any victory. There is an optimal way to play any game. Sam, in the silent moments, months after Anna's death, would obsessively replay this scene in his head. If she doesn't take the job on press that button and if Anna can't afford to buy the new car, if Anna buys the new car but drives different but drives directly home after dinner, if the first Anna Lee doesn't jump from that building and if Anna never comes to Los Angeles Los Angeles God, I'm reading this terribly. If Anna doesn't stop driving after she hits the coyote, if Anna finds the emergency lights, if Anna never sleeps with George, if Sam is never born, there are, he determines, infinite ways his mother doesn't die that night and only one way she does. And they've they're both of them are like stuck in this this mindset of like this shouldn't have happened to me this thing and like there were like yeah infinite ways that this couldn't and shouldn't have happened and it has and mm. even and even though that is both of these well these events happen to both of them these big events neither of them can quite grasp the fact that like that it isn't a video game and they don't get endless opportunities of giving it another go and that's why what was I going to say well Marx is my favourite character and why I really liked the title and also we I think you were saying about yeah because it's just come out in paperback because I think it came out last summer and every single time I've been in a bookshop since it came out and it came out as hardback first there's something about the cover that I've is I've been drawn to it every single time. I've gone to a bookshop mm-hmm. and then I've read the blurb and been like, "Oh, it's that video game book again!" Like, why am I so bothered about this mm. book again? I'm so fucking glad that um it was successful enough to do a paperback run so that cheapskates like me would be interested. Yeah, because I just yeah I thought it was just absolutely bloody wonderful. I loved it. I really 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 enjoyed it. What did you think about the relationship with Sadie and I don't know how to pronounce his name? Dov. Dov? Is that his name? Dov? Was it Dov or Dev? It was Dov, Dov. but I, did, I think I was calling him Dove in my head. I thought it was just Dov. Like um, Gov. I don't think I have any particular characters in my life that I could like exactly align Dov up to. But so basically, Dov is. Um, Sadie's professor at MIT and he's a games wizard as well and he's her mentor and then her lover and it turns into a a relationship that like rears its head in various stages throughout the book but it's a very um it's really problematic because obviously it starts Mm -hmm. off as a um a consent issue like there's a power dynamic there because he's senior to her in every way um and yeah like Whilst there's no men that I know that particularly like him, I saw that as such a realistic yeah. relationship, and especially because because of that abuse of power and and other instances of abuse that happen, it had the same draw for me as it maybe did for her. Like 
I don't know because she does return to the relationship maybe twice or mm-hmm. I don't know. And he stays. He stays in her life. Yeah, he stays in her life. One way or another. And she, um, and a, a huge part of that is because she's desperate for his approval as the way as it goes with abusive, manipulative relationships. And I think even though it's not written. It's not written in first person, is it's written in third person, even mm-hmm. though it's written in third person. I kind of wanted that approval from him as well. Or I understood, I definitely understood why she was after um Oh god, after yeah. From him. I mean, obviously I hated him mm-hmm. and I was enraged when she had that realization about mm-hmm. like no spoilers, but about when she goes to ask for Ulysses. And then there's the, the revelation later on in the book that that might have been a bit more calculated. Even, uh, and then, it, I don't know. Yeah, but I didn't know if I cared about that. Oh, did you not? I really cared about that. Nah, and I, and I was trying to understand why Sadie was so angry. Mm. And then I quite liked when she confronts him and he's like well I guess but like I don't even know if that's true and so what if it is that's kind of how I felt in my head I was like I didn't see it as this enormous betrayal I saw it as a human yeah doing something probably quite selfish but I don't know I saw it completely the opposite I saw it as a real betrayal as well like I was gutted when you fit what you find that out about Sam, especially the way that the two characters begin. Mm. Um, Sadie does something quite like it's not unforgivable, but she, she, I wasn't she, bothered about that one either. Were you not? Nah, I thought these were such minor things that they just need. I want to bang their heads together in both of them. Like, God, I mean, people aren't perfect. That, yeah, there was definitely an element of that, and it was a little bit normal people asking that like Jesus yeah. fucking asked you two just had a conversation <laughs> yeah. the whole lives would be easier um, yeah but I don't know I, I think it was I thought it was such a key moment of like character development for the reader with Sam because Sam up until that point like Sam and Sadie are kind of posited as like opposites yeah he's he's good and um and the stuff that happens to him happens because of like hustle and against the odds and she's bad and the stuff that happens to her is not at all by chance it's because or or even by hard work it's because of the her privilege Um, and shagging her boss shagging her professor well a mentor and stuff like that and she and she has every leg up in life that you can possibly mm-hmm. have. And then the second betrayal of the book is that. So the first betrayal happens when they're children and it's Sadie betraying Sam and that fits in with the characters that you're given. And then the second betrayal happens around the midway, well, maybe towards the latter end. Yeah. And and suddenly Sam is the bad one. And it, and again, he's just like, well, it's not that deep. Like we, we I did it to further our careers. Mm-hmm. And she's like, but that, it was never about our fucking careers. It was about our friendship kind of thing. And yeah. that... And it and it like really took me by surprise because I still saw Sam as good, mm-hmm. inherently good, and Sadie is inherently bad. And I just loved that little like duplicity. I was like, oh my god, yeah! Like he, he is a flawed human being as well. Yeah. Like it seems like every decision he made had been the right one up until that point. Whereas yeah. and Sadie is much more driven by emotion and and these acts of like either grandeur or betrayal. Whereas Sam is much more practical. And so in that sense, it does fit in with his character, but it really took me mm-hmm. like unawares. And I thought, again, it was just, it was a really successful um, depiction of just flawed humans, but that were in a in a completely constructed world because they lived so heavily in their games. Yeah. I think that's and why it was enjoyable. Their willingness to, to compromise their creative integrity of which uh, which Sadie was never willing to do and Mm -hmm. Sam just didn't see it that way and there's a game where he makes I mean if I knew more about games I bet there's comparisons for all of the games that they make but something a bit more like I guess like the sims maybe I don't know yeah Um, yeah because it's uh, the back the backdrop is 9-11 and people want to have something that feels 
you know, not chaotic and feels mm-hmm. stable. And he creates mm-hmm. this world that's very successful. But Sadie creates the other half of that game, which is what's that word when something's huge and epic it's more of an epic, it's epic. And, it's and it's like it's fantastical isn't it it's like a yeah departure from reality but it's not necessarily what people are looking for yeah um but sam's like well yeah this whatever we've made money great <laughs> right so this is what this is a really good i know the answer already but i'm gonna pose it for the listener's sake in the beginning and i will tell the i will give the whole context because i don't think it's too much of a spoiler but in the beginning they build this game together Ishigo and it's um and it's the first game that like makes them successful like it's popular and they are pitching it to producers across um, like the states and one producer is a sort of almost like a grassroots organization they can't offer um they can't offer too much money, but they're they're pretty much happy with everything. Like for instance, the character of this game is um non-binary. The Ishigo, the character is non-binary and and or uh, or in this like gender neutral in the sense that gender neutral. You yeah. just don't know. Yeah, sorry, yeah. not non-binary, you just don't know. I wanted to say gender neutral, and then in my head I was like, have I made that term up? <laughs> <laughs> um Ishigo is gender neutral and um, this small games company can't promise them like a huge uh, a huge amount of, uh, yeah, a huge advance but it would all ride on the success of the game but they also say we won't change anything, we like everything how it is um, and we're also not going to force you to create sequels which is, as we know, where most things go downhill and then there's another company who can offer them something like I don't know, it's within the millions in terms of an advance. Like they become rich immediately. They have to they have to do um two sequels and they have to make Ishko a boy. And Sam wants to go with that company because he's never known wealth like that. And Sadie wants to go with the first company and not sacrifice her yeah, creative um what did you just call it? Why have I... Integrity. Oh, creative integrity. Whose side were you on? In For the book's sake, I was on Sam's side. And then in real life? In real life, I think it would really depend. I think if, if, if I could ever instantly become a millionaire because of something, then I would lose all my integrity. I wouldn't give a shit. Yeah. But it depends how big those things are because... If if I if I felt like I was really fucking shooting myself in the bumhole, then yeah. I might think twice. But in reality, the way that I would look at it is, I know I, I, this is me being them, but also yeah. maybe me. I know that I am good enough. I know I'm talented. I know I can make these video games. I know exactly what I'm doing. So really, me just pandering to them, it just you know, that's just because I'm so fucking great. I can do that. I still know that I've got integrity and I'll make two other ones and then I'll be successful enough to make something else, And which is exactly what the... Oh, I won't say that. Um, <laughs> so, I, yeah, I mean... But if it was if it was my life and, say, I'd written a book and one of them was going to a publisher that made me want to... said to change everything and do sequels and one of them was like, we love this, we love you, we'll do that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I might end up going with that one. That's. I think I've asked a question on the podcast before that one of my writer friends asked me pretty much the same question, but with books, mm. would you rather have a sort of sort of successful career as a writer now, as in like you churn out maybe over the next 50 years, like a, a, a like, I don't know, a book every five years and it and it's fine it middles it does all right it's enough for you to like pay the bills and stuff like that and then mm. the minute you die it's just never spoken about or read again they're never mm-hmm. or just completely lost or would you rather like sylvia plath it have one fucking fantastic novel that never really does much for you um and then you die and then it becomes one of the most celebrated pieces of literature ever written 
absolutely number one. Yeah, I think I've asked you this before, and I think you went number one again. You know what happens when I'm dead? I know, but I know it makes so much sense. But I'm a narcissist. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it would be like a massive, mega, mega famous writer making millions. I, I don't think I. Well, actually, writing's not that people still don't know who writers are. So I'd love to do that. But yeah, I would hate to be mega famous. Would you? Yeah. Even, even after you were dead oh no after I'm dead then I can be mega famous yeah but yeah I, mean, I wouldn't want to be famous in life but in dead I'd like quite like to be part of the canon <laughs> in dead <laughs> in life I don't want to be famous in dead I want to be A-list <laughs> um right that was quite a long uh chat but that just shows how much we loved it yeah, and also how little we had to see at the beginning of the podcast. I um, oh, I just absolutely fucking loved it. I'm so, so glad I read it. Mm-hmm. Nina was reading it when we were in Mexico, and I kept being like, is it any good, that? Is it any good? And she was like, yeah, it's all right. Like, yeah, no, it is good. And I don't think she sold it to me. <laughs> no, well, I so know, because when I said it was the book, you were like, is it tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow? I was like, yeah. And you are like, uh, Nina read it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What a fucking hell, what a book. What what a book. Right, thank you, Gabrielle. Thanks, Dylan. Right, what can we talk about for five minutes before we end? You got something Um, funny to say? No, I never do. Yeah, you fucking do. What's funny that's happened to me recently? This is just a not a podcasting but it's just a, I'm going to Dublin at the weekend did I tell you for work yeah so exciting I'm buzzing about it why didn't you tell everyone about your big 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 win oh yes through a list of me <laughs> right so we went to bongos bingo the other week <laughs> and I've been before we got to be in the NHS VIP section because Laura's a doctor she got with the tickies and I mean I had been before so I knew it was like it is chaos but luckily we were on the balcony so we were just watching the chaos but it is a really real it's a real particular kind of crowd isn't it um it's Benidorm in a a single room yeah but but young 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 Benidorm why are we there just as a night out because um the ticket she got the she was like oh she went on this NHS website she's like I don't get tickets for two quid or whatever they're usually uh, twenty they must make so much money anyway so we did all of the bongos bingo da, 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 da. what annoys me about it is that they stop after every second number to do a dance or something and you know it's funny the first time but every time there's a three it's truty tree and tree and blah 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 do 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 and yeah, so by the end, I think we're all a bit like, right, we've done we've done it, we've had a good time, we can go to the pub. And then Ford, so Laura's boyfriend, just right at the end, with absolutely no warning, just went, because you're not allowed to say bingo, are you? And we oh, were like, what the fuck? No, it's got to be like, well, maybe in bongos bingo you can. And we're like, what the hell? And he'd won. The ultimate jackpot of 1,000 British pounds. <laughs> and he went on the stage and then he just came, it, it was. And what were you doing he, the whole time? Were you doing the. Um, I was like, please, please. Halle please Berry at the Oscars. Yeah, but like, because he could he could have got it wrong. And then they put a big picture on the thing where a man's got a dick as a head. Yeah. And they call you a dickhead. And I was like, could be that. And he got it, but he hadn't. Came back with a grand. In cold hard uh, cash. Cold hard cash. Um and Mike, Michael and Laura both rang their families. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Then the next day, absolutely reeling from my win, uh, my friend had commented on my Instagram story. So I messaged her being like, guess what? I won a thousand pound last night of the bingo. And then I got a FaceTime from Sarah and I was like, oh, have you heard the news? And she was like, well, yes, I've just read your messages because we share the Instagram. <laughs> and she was fucking fuming. No, I was, wasn't fuming about the win. I was buzzing about the win, but it was what you decided to do with the winnings. 
<laughs> oh yeah, we're all going to Paris. <laughs> when are you going? I'm going to go. Um, we've had to move it to, I think March or May. March or May. It's meant to be December, but it just. I'm sorry. I'm not. I just can't. I can't handle it. My jealousy's through the fucking roof. Well, you know who lives in Paris, don't you, Sarah? I do. So we'll meet you there. I would have just quite liked the invite, but I will. You're invited. <laughs> you happy now? No. I can see that look in your eyes. <laughs> My eyes don't change. <laughs> right, should we talk don't... about next week's book? Yeah. Well, whenever, whenever it's book. Um, I've not thought of a drink, actually. I think we need a fun drink. A cocktail. We've not done it. Do you remember in the beginning we used to do absolutely... That's what I mean, like mental drinks. We need to do oh, that again. Oh, they were so fun. Like, do you so remember, the, was it the Spicy 50 or something? I still oh, remember. that was lush. Fucking delish, wasn't it? Right, let me quickly googs. Really fun cocktails. They're just going to come up with sugar-filled ones that taste like crap. It's not very fun at all. What is it? So I'll just do it in an announcement. Yeah. Okay. On the next episode of Reading for Attention, Paul, we are going to have read and we'll be discussing, that's right, Eliza Clark's second book, Penance. Oh my God. It's a bit of a beast. Is it? It's um, 430 pages long. All right. That's still slightly Famous. shorter than Tom and Tom, Tom and Tom. Tom. Tomals, Tomals, Tomals. Um, <laughs> uh, it's. Uh, shall I read you the blurb? Maybe it's not. Yeah. <clears throat> so, for those of you not in the know, but I don't think there'll be many of you, Eliza Clark's debut novel was Boy Parts, the book of 2021, in my humble opinion. Yeah, in so, both of our opinions. Oh my God, such a good book. Really short, really funny, um, quite dark. Super so, dark. The blurb for Penance is, do you know what happened already? Did you know her? Did you see it on the internet? Did you listen to a podcast? Did the hosts make jokes? <sighs> Nearly a decade after the horrifying murder of 16-year-old Joan Wilson in a seaside town, journalist Alec Z. Corelli has written the definitive account of the crime. A dizzying Mastery. Corelli's book is built on hours of interviews with witnesses and family members, painstaking correspondence and a town left in turmoil. The only question is, how much of this story is true? Oh, um, my internet connection was unstable, so some of that went into gobbledygook, but I think that'll be quite funny. <laughs> yeah, that will be good. Um, yeah. You know what, I will, I will say, I'm only sort of 70-ish pages in. Mm-hmm. What I will say is what we can recall of boy parts is entirely different. Is entirely it? Different, like completely different. Um, but what I think will ring familiar, that well-known saying, um, is that Arena was a little bit of an unreliable narrator. And I've got mm. a feeling... I've got a feeling that the same thing might happen. Some tomfoolery might be afoot once more. Right, Ooh, I like fun it. cocktails. So we've got 85 easy cocktail recipes. No, I didn't say easy. I said fun. What mm. about something religious, like a religious cocktail? I was thinking that, but you know, all I could think of as religious was red wine, the body of Christ. Oh, my God. At the Fringe, saw what they called a drag king called Jody Mitchell, I think. And they do this really fucking funny. Um, John Travolta is <laughs> drag persona of Jodie Mitchell. And they do this really funny bit where they play God on the phone to Jesus. And he's like this like posh Nepo baby. He's going, and Jesus is called up because he's at a restaurant and they've run out of money or whatever. So he can't foot the bill. And he's like, what do you mean there's no wine? Darling, <laughs> just do the, do the trick that I taught you. Really good. <laughs> You get the chance to see Jodie Mitchell. Go and see them. Okay, there is. There's a magical colour changing cocktail. Feels quite mm. religious. Magic. Yeah. <laughs> sex in the driveway cocktail. What's more religious than sex in the driveway? What's in it? Oh my god. 
It's a sweet mixed drink that you want to invite to all your girls' night out get-togethers. The fizzy blue vodka cocktail is super simple to make with Sprite or club soda. Right, jump to recipe. God, it's one of those fucking recipes where they tell you about the childhood traumas. Sex in the driveway is, oh my God, peach schnapps, schnapps, one uh-huh. ounce blue, blue curacao, what's that? <laughs> blue curacao, it's like, uh, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I think curacao is a place in South America somewhere. All right. I, I might have made that, I don't know. God, we're going to have to get on, get on. I know, it's an island these. country. In, oh, it's it's in Caribbean. Sorry. Okay. Curacao. So Curacao. blue Curacao, um, vodka, Sprite, and crushed ice. I mean, it sounds like a blue lagoon. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah, I've never had one of those. It's uh, yeah. Wow. Measurements for single pitcher and punch bowl are included. Should we make a punch bowl each? Yeah. Get absolutely off our tits and talk absolutely. about absolutely. Penance. Penance. Because, yeah, sex in the driveway. Mm, That's mm, what all mm. Catholics had to do. Have you ever had sex in a driveway? I haven't, no. Not that I can recall. Have you ever had sex in a driveway, Paul? No. That's not why I asked. Do you know when people do that? Have you ever had, like, a threesome? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Great. Um, Thank you very much, Sarah. And if you want to get in touch with us... You can email us at readingforattention at gmail.com. We also have an Instagram at readingforattention. And we reply to all of those things. Yeah, we do. What Paul does. (laughs) We don't have a TikTok. We should get on that, shouldn't we? But I just don't know what we'd film. People reading for attention in public. Yeah, we did that for a while, didn't we? We used to take pictures. Oh, my friend Charlotte. Big up Charlotte. She said she was at the gym the other day and someone was walking on the treadmill while reading a book. Reading a book. Oh, <laughs> Isn't that my God. She That's tried to take iconic. a pic, but it is quite iconic. <laughs> um, great. Well, I shall see you next time and hopefully soon because I'm very excited about Penance. Yeah, get it, boat bitch. I will, I will. Okay, well, thanks, Paul. Love you lots. Thanks, Sarah. Love you lots. I hope you play some dead good netty. Oh, God, me too. Bye. Bye.